Hello and welcome to the the Barbie movies that made us specialty show on KRNU. My name is Elena and I'm here with Rose. And this is our first episode in introduction into the Barbie movies that made us and the nostalgia that we have for them. And the level of iconicness. Oh, absolutely. Honestly. <laughs> So, when we talk about Barbie movies, we're specifically talking about the 2000s era Barbie movies. Yeah, so, like, up until probably, like, 2012. Exactly. After Princess Charm School, we kind of felt like it died off. It really did. (laughs) So, those are the movies we're going to be talking about and dissecting through the next, like, 10-ish weeks. So, join along with us, watch your favorite movies, and... Let's get going. Yeah. All right. So first thing I want to ask you is, like, what is your favorite Barbie movie? Okay. Or like, top ten. <laughs> Rattle them off. This is like asking me to pick a favorite child. It's hard, but there is one. <laughs> <laughs> there are at least a couple few favorites. Um, I would say my at least top three would have to be Princess and the Popper. Magic of the Pegasus, and 12 Dancing Princesses. Um, I could also add more, but um, for the sake of time, <laughs> I will not list every single movie here. But um, for pure like nostalgia alone and a little bit of biased favoritism, I'm going to have to say Princess and the Popper. Um, I loved that movie so much when I was a child. I even had the like castle dollhouse. <gasps> and I even had it came with like this little figurine of the cat Serafina. And I the only thing I remember about it is that one time I played with it with like green Play-Doh or something. And I wanted to make a mold of Play-Doh Serafina, so I stuck uh-huh. the Play-Doh up the inside of it, <laughs> and it never came out. Oh, I think I still have it in my mom's basement. So I love that for you. What, what's, what's your favorite? So, my favorite is either Diamond Castle or Barbie yes. and the Three Musketeers. Yes. Diamond Castle was the first thing I, like, bonded with my cousins about. They were born in, like, late 2000s, early 2010s. So we didn't we didn't grow up with the same Barbie movies. Yeah. Except for Diamond Castle. And shout out to my cousin, whose name was Alexa, one of the main characters. Oh, my God. Who, like, went hard for that movie and well, really made it my course. favorite. Yeah. It's also the gayest Barbie movie. It so is. Although it does have a little competition from uh-huh. Barbie Mermaidia. That's very um, true. Who, <laughs> the sexual tension between Barbie and that mermaid, whose name I cannot remember at the moment. Yeah. Ooh, the one with the blue hair, Icon. Icon. <laughs> icon behavior. But yes, I, I agree with you. Um, Diamond Castle was also, it was like next on my list. It's at mm-hmm. least in like the top five for me. I actually, uh, my old roommate for Christmas last year, shout out Macy, uh, got me a, like the, the necklace with yeah, the little the heart, little heart. necklace. Yeah. She tried to make me one um, at first, but it kept breaking. And so she got me one for Christmas and I wear it all the time. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. And that one was honestly like really iconic for me. But um, one of the things that, that you said that uh, reminded me of something else was when you were talking about how 
like your cousin like really made you love that movie mm-hmm. and like brought you love with it. That's how I feel about um, Fairytopia, like the whole the whole trilogy, mm-hmm. because my older brother, who's like five years older than me, um, I indoctrinated him into the uh, Barbie lovers, Slay. the Barbie fandom, if you will, and um, we did this, <laughs> we did this thing. So our rooms were across the hall from each other. And you know that scene in Ma- in uh, Magic of the Rainbow when Bibble's saying goodnight to Dizzle and they're like going nighty nighty Bibble poo, <laughs> like back in yes forth, I do. Me and my brother would do that to annoy our parents down the hall the other way. Good. And um, that part where like there's one fairy, um, I the sun fairy I cannot remember her name. She was just like shut up. And that that was my parents. That's and so, parents. like, my brother and our love for Bibble really <laughs> solidified Fairytopia for me. Bibble is one of the most iconic, I think, Barbie NPCs, I'm going to call them, of, yes. like, not a main character, just a Barbie sidekick who just slays so hard. Honestly, Bibble's probably the most iconic Barbie mm-hmm. sidekick. I agree. I do think there are... I don't want to say better ones than Bibble, but there are. Certainly they're not more iconic, but the villain sidekicks always kind of go hard. Yes. Yes. Like, um, my gosh, I need to remember their names. Uh, the two henchmen from Princess and the Popper. Yeah. I knew you were going to oh bring up Preminger. <laughs> <laughs> How can one not bring up Preminger? We love Martin Short. We love him. One day I'm going to meet Martin Short. And um, he has been in so many things. Mm. And I'm going to be like, oh, my God, Martin Short. I loved you as Priminger and Barbie <laughs> Princess and the Popper. Oh you were also Priminger. great as Jack Frost in the Santa Claus 3. <laughs> <laughs> Two of his most obscure works. Yes. I love it. But also most iconic. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we love Priminger in this house. Also... That brings me on the subject of, like, iconic villain songs. Yes. Um, I was actually listening to that song today while I was writing down my notes for this little podcast of ours. Um, And honestly, that's probably one of the most iconic villain songs just in general. Agreed. It's just so good. Like, how can we refuse? (laughs) How can we not talk about him? Honestly. But yeah, his henchmen do also They they are they are fruity. They're, <laughs> I I didn't know if they were fruity because I thought they were twins. Oh, yeah. But one of them is a drag queen. Absolutely. So, yes. They like, can be fruity without being fruity for each other. That's that's very true. Very fruity. And Homeboy does when I say a drag queen, I mean he actually dresses in drag to pretend yes. to be Annalise. Yes. Which is very slay. Such a slay. Also, on the subject of uh, queer Barbie movies, um, kind of bringing it back to Diamond Castle, um, because we have a, a lesbian icon and a bicon um, in dresses matching their pride flags, living in a cottage in the woods. Selling flowers. Mm-hmm. With their two dogs. With their two dogs, who they adopted, mm-hmm. like their children. 
honestly, that's the blueprint. That's the also blue- the dream. <laughs> they do have love interests in that movie. They just do not care about them in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and do literally, at one point in the movie, leave them on a rainbow. They, they yeah, they ditch yeah. them and then ride off on a rainbow. Together. Mm-hmm. It's not even, like, queer-coded. It's just queer. <laughs> it's the gayest thing I've ever seen. And I do think that director really said, how gay can we make this? Yes. How honestly. gay will... Was did Liongate adopt them at that point? Um, no, that one, according to my research, um, that was after Universal took over because Lionsgate bought the um, distributing rights from Princess and the Popper in 2004 to the Barbie Diaries in 2006, and then they saw the Barbie Diaries, and then they were like, eh, Ooh, no. Universal, you can take it from here. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's when we come out with some of the queerest ones, like um, Magic of the Rainbow and um, Diamond Castle, and then kind of trickle down from there. To know, know your Barbie history. Yes, Barbie history. Also, I did notice during my research that um, the same, there was like this duo of writers who like wrote half of the Barbie movies, and that was Alana Lesser and Cliff Ruby. Uh, were a writing duo that wrote like half of the Barbie movies and then the ones that weren't written by them were most likely written by Elise Allen and she wrote one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Barbie movies. Um, icon. Icon. And that's just like from 2001 to 2009. So that's like one a year. Yeah, actually, in in the beginning of the Barbie universe, they were coming out with one a year until uh, they released Barbie Magic of the Pegasus, which what it like started their spring fall mm-hmm. system where they were doing like one in the spring and one in the fall, and that was in like two thousand and five, um, and then they kind of just randomly released. They threw the Barbie Diaries in there actually because they had. In March of 2006, they had Barbie Mermaidia. And then in September of 2006, they had 12 Dancing Princesses. Mm -hmm. And, like, it was usually, like, a a spring and then a fall thing. Yeah. But then, for some reason, on May 9th, they, of 2006, they decided to throw in the Barbie Diaries. And they were just like, hey. Here's a thing. We will not be talking about the Barbie Diaries. And there will not be a deep deep dive into those. I'm so sorry. Um, Also, mainly because I've only ever seen like the commercial for it for (laughs) like in the commercials leading up to my dvd of barbie and the 12 dancing princesses Mm -hmm. along with the land before time commercial (laughs) (laughs) that commercial's kind of kind of iconic though it is and Mm -hmm. it's like the commercials leading up to 12 dancing princesses are so ingrained in my brain because i couldn't skip them on my dvd and i rewatched that movie over like 20 times if not more And my family was big road trip people. Ah, yes. So it was literally, a lot of our road trips would be like five-ish hours. So I would get to watch a movie, and then we'd get to watch something that my brother wanted to watch in the tiny car DVD thing that you hooked in. Yeah. So we watched a lot of Barbie movies in a car. Nice. See, I had I had a similar thing. My family also liked doing road trips. Mine were like more three to four hours. Mm-hmm. But, um... 
The thing with mine is though, like we had like a little portable DVD player mm-hmm. that like had the smallest screen. Like it oh, was yeah. smaller than my iPad. And um the only ones that we were allowed to like bring though was ones that me and my brother agreed on oh. that we would both want to watch together. And the only thing that we could agree on was the Harry Potter movies. Oh. But when we listened to music, I had full control of the music. Heck yeah. Um, because I low-key bullied my family. As the <laughs> as as the younger little sister, mm-hmm. um, I bu- <laughs> I bullied my family into listening to Hannah Montana nonstop. So <laughs> And the Barbie soundtrack. We love the Barbie soundtrack. Speaking of, do you have a favorite Barbie song or soundtrack? I have a favorite Barbie soundtrack of all time. And it, of course, is the iconicness that is Barbie and the Island Princess. Yes, agreed. I have that movie on DVD in the sing-along edition. (gasps) So good. Oh my gosh. So good. Absolutely. That one, I would have to say, is my favorite... um, soundtrack however my favorite song uh-huh. i would have to say it is really hard to pick but the one that's like closest and nearest and dearest to my heart i would have to say is the duet between erica and king dominic in barbie princess and the popper yeah the um so cute. <clears throat> oh gosh what is the name of this song i just remembered it because i was just talking to you about it a minute ago you can if you love me for me, yeah. that's what it's called. I have to sing it in my head. <laughs> so good. That one, and then also like the earliest iconic song that I really liked was from Barbie Rapunzel. The song on the hairbrush, the constant yeah. as the stars above. Mm. So good. So good. So good. What's what's yours? God. If you had to pick. <laughs> the one I listen to nonstop is... I listen to the Island Princess soundtrack all the time because I need music to, like, study and do things, as I should. But I love villain songs. But I am also... I really like harmonies. And so Princess and the Popper, when Erica and Annalise sing both Free and Girl Like Me, those are the ones that I go So good. That actually reminds me of, you know, in, like, at the end of the song, Free, with the two little butterflies? Yes. I saw a TikTok of, like, cute, discreet, little dainty Barbie tattoos, and one of them was those two little butterflies. It it has me considering. Mm -hmm. It has me considering, definitely. That, and there was also another one, and it was the crown birth part. (gasps) birthmark on her on Annalise's shoulder yeah and that one comes with a placement yeah I, I think I might actually do that not I love that for you <laughs> me too oh yes and it also reminds me of um my brother and I uh the one that I mentioned earlier he and I have been talking about getting matching tattoos for as long as I can remember my family's really big on tattoos um <laughs> which is a little odd but um so I was talking to him one day about, like, what we should get as a matching tattoo because I want to get something that's, like, reminiscent of, like, our childhood and, like, things that we like together and just, like, something nostalgic, right? And he looks me dead in the eyes and he says, we should get matching Bibble tattoos. Slay. I <laughs> Slay. love that. Honestly, 
Um, maybe we should. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. The hard part, though, is which Bibble. You're right. Are we talking fire behind Bibble? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. Or okay. or are we talking um, seductive Bibble when he eats the berries? Oh my gosh. And he has like that deep voice. <laughs> or deep opera pool. Bibble. <gasps> opera Bibble. <laughs> so many options. So many options to pick from. Okay. Many, many eras of Bibble. Oh my god. The Bibble eras tour? That's what I was just <laughs> about to say. I was like, what if... What if I make like a little tote bag and it has Bibble as different Taylor Swift era mm-hmm. like album covers? I love that for both. That of would them. be iconic, honestly. But um, yes, Bibble is probably one of the most iconic like Barbie characters. Like he's the one that I see referenced the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, since you have since you came to me about doing this project. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, my TikTok for you page is only Bibble edits, so that's <laughs> you're welcome. I liked one, and now they won't go away. Yep. Um, and I'm okay with that because they're hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, shout sh- shout out to Bibble, really. Shout out to Bibble. Shout out to Bibble. But also, um, can we can we take a moment and talk about like the iconicness that is the like musicals mm-hmm. of Barbie cuz when I originally was like researching into like all the Barbie movies and like finding patterns and just different little silly things like that there are apparently like from 2001 to 2009 there are only 3 musicals and it's uh Princess and the Popper Island Princess and Diamond Castle. And those are the only three musicals. But they have such good soundtracks. Bangers. There there is not a single skip, honestly. Not a single one. Mm -hmm. And like 12 Dancing Princesses, which is one of the most iconic Barbie movies, in Mm -hmm. my opinion, um, doesn't have any like musical like singing songs. Mm In, unless you're including the birthday song, which I, which I cannot do. celebrate a birthday without, without playing that yeah. song at some point, um, because it's iconic, but it's not even a full song. Like I think it's only like thirty seconds long, and then it gets yeah. cut off by Rowena like coming in. Uh, we do not stand mm-hmm. Rowena, but she no. does make a good villain. She um, makes a great villain. And her sidekick, her that monkey. sidekick. Can we talk? Can we talk about sidekicks? Let's right talk now? about sidekicks <laughs> because, like, that monkey, and also, um, I cannot remember. Oh gosh, what is the love interest name in that movie? I can't remember his name. The shoemaker, his the parrot, cobbler, the cobbler's parrot. Yeah. Also, oh a my gosh, you know who's not a sleigh though? Who? Tika. From <laughs> You're so right. That. <laughs> That parrot, though, the cobbler's parrot was high-key just a wingman to give you the vibe. Literally a winged wingman. (laughs) A wingman who was always like, hey, you know who's really cute? That girl you have a crush on. You know who's totally into you right now? Yeah. You know who's checking you out? You know who's really appreciated? (laughs) At all times. Yes. How how come these shoes are are more special than than the other shoes for the other princesses, huh? Huh? You want to talk? (laughs) <laughs> you want to go into that? <laughs> but we do not stand Tika in this no. household. No, we do not. I'm sorry. Um, I do like the peacock, but... Yes. We love Azul. Oh, oh my God. And the red panda. All I the other them. animals slay. Tika? 
Mm-mm. Mm-mm. She does not pass the vibe check. She, well, I can understand how she was, like, so clingy to Roe mm-hmm. and um, her attachment issues. She was so annoying about it. Her anxious attachment style was a little much. She was so annoying about it. Like, mm-hmm. come on, girly. Come on. Pretty Just fun. let her be happy. Find her mom. The song when <gasps> she finds her mom. Uh, and they start singing it together. Oh, my God. I cry. Because, like, time. when she sings it in the beginning, mm-hmm. and she's, like, trying to remember. Her past. And she can't, like, figure it out. And then I need to know on the <gasps> boat. <gasps> Oh my god. I I need to know is literally just like uh strangers like me from Tarzan. Yes. But of course better because And also you know. I see the light from Tangled. Yes. It's I need to know walked time. so I see the light can run. Exactly. And they both take place on a boat. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think uh there should be a copyright thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh that soundtrack is amazing. Every song Every song is just so good, and it's just like banger after banger. And that it doesn't have like as good of a villain song mm-hmm. as Preminger's and Princess and the Popper. Yeah, but like, who can beat that? Honestly, that's it's a pretty high bar to set. Mm-hmm. But the Martin, rat song, Martin. I was gonna say Martin Short set the bar so high. He really did. Mm-hmm. But the rat song. The rat. Are we going to talk about Tim Curry's yes rap performance? Yeah, rap performance in the Nutcracker. Yeah, <laughs> that was my introduction to Tim Curry. Yes, me too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, that one. That one was a good one, and it was like, I think that was one of the first Barbie movies that I had because I had that one on VHS when I was a kid. I had most of these on VHS. Yeah. Until I think Barbie Magic of the Pegasus, which I had on DVD. So I'm pretty sure they stopped like producing yeah. DVDs. Yeah, the last one on VHS was Mermaidia, apparently. Okay. But um, in 2006, but Magic of the Pegasus I had on DVD with the little 3D glasses oh with gosh. the unicorns on the side. <laughs> my first experience with the 3D movie, and I will never forget it. Honestly, don't know how you could. Yeah, it's too iconic. It honestly, it might it might just be better than Titanic twenty fifth anniversary edition in three D that I saw on Valentine's Day. Like, it, oh my god, <laughs> the most specific thing I've ever heard. <laughs> was it specific? Mm-hmm. Yes, but also true. <laughs> but also true. Honestly, it was it was my first experience with like a three D film, and mm-hmm. it was like an animated like my first three D animated film too. Yeah, and it's kind of hard to do three D animation in films like right. Yeah. Where it doesn't give you a migraine because I saw the new Puss in Boots in 3D, and one of the first scenes is like a huge like action fight scene. Yeah, and I had a migraine just like a the second I for the first in. act. Yeah, honestly, it lasted the majority of the movie. But Barbie and the Magic of the Pegasus was so good, and it was so unique. It was one of the first ones that were like not. Uh, someone else's story like Rapunzel and Swan Lake were all stories that like existed before (laughs) but um Magic of the Pegasus Magic of the Pegasus I don't think I've seen a movie like that since like in in this era of remakes that don't stop um Magic of the Pegasus was just so unique Mm -hmm. and like 
the color palette, the it's vibes, gorgeous. the villains, the uh, polygamy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, the weird Griffin dude. So that movie was like so good that it was also the first movie the first barbie movie and the only barbie movie that i have shown my boyfriend so far i'm trying to indoctrinate him good um (laughs) yes good slay um i'm trying to indoctrinate him into the barbie movies um Mm -hmm. because at first he was like the typical oh that's for girls that's too girly it's too pink and bright so i brought up Magic the muted of the color palette. Yeah. Muted, like, darker color palette. Yeah. Spooky forest. We have fighting ogres. We have magic. We have... A weird griffin a dude. A weird griffin dude. We have a scary, perverted bad guy mm-hmm. who, for some reason, preys on young women because he needs new wives all the time. Yeah. I don't know what that B-plot was. Me neither. But, I mean, it was a good movie. And we, we have the love interest. The, like... Aiden? Gosh. Oh my god. He was dark. He was brooding. He was sarcastic. He had a gambling addiction. (laughs) (laughs) He had a gambling addiction? Talk about well-rounded character building. And so that was the first one that I showed to him. (laughs) And now I need to find um, a second one. Because he won't admit it, but he enjoyed it. Yeah. I had him be very open-minded, but he he enjoyed it, and so now I need to find, like, what he liked about it so that I can go mm-hmm. from there. Because if he liked the aesthetic of Barbie Magic of the Pegasus, I might go to another one that's directed by Greg Richardson, 12 Dancing Princesses, mm-hmm. because he is not ready for Island of Princess yet. No. he's You can never be ready he for can't, Island of Princess. He can't, appreciate, he can't appreciate that one yet. Just, like, he can't appreciate, like, Princess and the Popper yet. We need to stay on, like, a darker, like, muted color palette. Work our way up. Work our way up. Maybe Mm -hmm. Swan Lake. Maybe Swan Lake? Maybe Swan Lake. Um, Maybe, maybe even Rapunzel, perhaps? I could see that. I could see that. I think he might like the ferret from Rapunzel. That's exactly what I was going to say. (laughs) He does like the quirky little animal sidekicks. Mm -hmm. I actually saw um, some guy on TikTok... He's he announces himself as a film bro watching Barbie movies for the first time. And he's like going through all of them and like talking about them and analyzing them. And um, he the my one thing with his reviews on it though is that he doesn't like the talking animals, and I disrespectfully disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the talking animals are cool and what make them unique. For example. In, I will bring it back to Princess and the Popper, um, the Wolfie, the cat who barks like a dog, yeah. and the song in the bathtub with the yeah. bubble. So good. Honestly, that's also an amazing soundtrack one. I would have to, I, that's like my close second to Island Princess. And then Diamond Castle is also a close second. I can't choose. I can't I, choose. I don't even know why I'm trying. <laughs> I do also really like uh, Penelope's B-plot in uh, Barbie as Rapunzel, or in Rapunzel, who's to say? As Rapunzel. Barbie as Rapunzel. Yes. I love her thing with her dad, and her being brave enough yes. to, spoiler alert, fly over. And a spit fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because at first it was just, like, little tiny, like, 
sparks. Little flames. <laughs> Little tiny bits. Oh my god, and the rabbit. <gasps> the rabbit. I think it was a rabbit. It was a rabbit or a hare. Something. Yeah, I think yeah. it was a hare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was also so good. I think I'm, I don't know. I might do Rapunzel next. I might show him Rapunzel next. Mm-hmm. All right, and that's all for this week. Next week, we will be covering Barbie in the Nutcracker, so stay tuned for that. And thank you for listening on 90.3 KRNU.